Hey everyone, welcome to the Love and Truth Church Savannah podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our hope is for these teachings to be encouraging and uplifting and that they would help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, let's get ready to receive a powerful message from Pastor A.J. Fowler. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Daniel. Go with me to Daniel chapter 1. Thanks, Patrick. Great job, man. Thank you so much. Book of Daniel. Uh, and before I get there, I'm going to preach a message that has been, <laughs> I was supposed to preach it, I guess it's been about three weeks ago, and then we had a powerful Wednesday night service where it was just one of the sweetest times in the presence of God where many of you came to the altar and exchanged weights and uh, heaviness. And it wasn't that it was necessarily sin. It was just, man, you're, you're just carrying the weight of the world. And that's what the enemy loves to do. If he can't get you to fall into a lifestyle of sin, he'll do his best to make you busy, wear you out. I mean, that's in the book of Daniel as well, that the enemy comes to wear out the saints. He wants to wear you out. And so, but we had a powerful night. It was just one of those moments. I felt like I couldn't move any further out of worship. And so, uh, really honor those moments. And then Pastor Eddie brought one more word last Wednesday night. If you didn't hear that, you weren't here, get on the podcast. You can pick it up as he talked about faith. Has anyone seen uh, uh, a miracle from what you sowed last Wednesday night? Is there anybody? There's one there. Anybody else? Um, so there's, there's, there's a lot of testimonies from, from Jackson whenever they did that. So um, stay, keep us in the loop with that as well. Very powerful word. Encourage you to go back and listen to it. I want to talk to you tonight um, out of the subject of confronting culture. Confronting culture. Now, it may not mean exactly what you think it's going to mean. Uh, it's not necessarily that you're going and looking for a fight. Uh, but it could, it could, in a way it could be. Uh, because you're a believer... It puts you at odds with the world. Because you are a son or a daughter in the kingdom of God, it puts you at odds and at enmity with the world because uh, you're of the spirit. So the, the spirit wars against the flesh and you feel that internal battle as it is. Well, the world system, Pastor Reddy preached a message and really where I began to pull this from was on a, a Sunday morning. He was talking about you're either in kingdom or you're in culture. And there's two different ones. Now, I believe that we can have a kingdom culture, uh, but culture as it speaks to the world system we understand the, 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 the systems of this world, the strategies, the plans of this world. Because you're a believer, you ought to be at odds with the world system. Jesus said that we are in the world, but we're not of the world, which means that I'm from I'm, I, the kingdom of God is within me, but I'm placed in the culture of, of, of a, a postmodern, or excuse me, a post Christian nation. Most of you should know that by now that we're a post Christian nation. Uh, I, I think Pastor Chris had mentioned it on Sunday, but. We, it's one of those things that the, the Bible is no longer the sole authority. There's this person has a truth, that person has a truth, and this person has a truth, but there's not the truth. And we know that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So we, that we're a part of that. And because you're a believer, again, it puts you at odds. And so 
you wonder, why do I have so much conflict? Why do I have so much this, that, and the other? Well, a lot of that is simply because um, Jesus said, uh, they are, excuse me, one of the gospel, or not one of the gospels, one of the epistles said that they that live godly in Christ shall suffer persecution. Because we, I'm not saying that we've actually experienced the depths of persecution that some nations may be experiencing, but because you follow Jesus, and if you got saved and nothing changed, then you're probably not saved because once you get saved, things change. You, you, you begin to do things differently. I'm not saying you don't make mistakes from time to time, but things begin to shift. And so confronting culture is one of those things that you're, because of you're a believer, you're most naturally going to confront those that's in the culture around you uh, because you've got kingdom in you. Now, there's another side of this that when we look at the life of Daniel, that because uh, of certain stands that we make, we will confront the culture. I'm not the guy that's going to picket and protest. Uh, I've had people ask me before, why didn't you go down and protest on this specific thing? I said, I don't do that. I just don't do I don't care what it is. I mean, when it, when it comes to abortion, I'm not going to go down and stand in front of a, a clinic and hold up a sign that says save the... I'm not going to do that. I've prayed and I've fasted. I joined Lou Engel in his movement and I did that. And, and, believe, and, and just, it's a big celebration. But I'm just not that guy that's going to do that. But, but there's times where when we have to make our stances on specific things that you do stand and, and confront the culture and I want to look at Daniel because I feel like Daniel does it in such a way where it's, he, it's done in wisdom, it's done in excellence, and many of you right now are in jobs where, I mean, it, it is very godless. Some of you may be in pagan jobs where there are, there are unbelievers that don't even believe in, they, they have a different God. I've heard of different accounts of, uh, uh, well, I, I don't want to go there. It's just certain things that you guys have mentioned. But when you say, well, pastor, it's just getting really bad. Well, look at the life of Daniel. We read it in a second. I mean, this dude is in, it's, it, it is a pagan nation. Nebuchadnezzar had soothsayers. He had war, warlocks and witches. He had uh, uh, charmers. He had all of these things. And so Daniel's implanted right in the middle with them. All right, I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't want to do that. I want to read a couple of uh, scripture as I lead into this because I want to show you, I believe, one of the key factors that helped Daniel to be so successful. Uh, outside of the Spirit of God, I think it was his submission to that, but we'll look. So Proverbs 26, verse 4 through 5. I come across this once a, once a month as I'm reading through this, and, it, and it's a really an interesting setting of scripture. It says, don't answer a fool according to his folly, or you will be like him. All right, I can get that. Then it says, answer a fool <laughs> as his folly deserves that he would not be wise in his own, uh, own eyes. All right. It's kind of contradicting, right? Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, lest you become like him. So it's like these two contradicting verses, but what's really missing? And really, when you look at verse 4, when it says, according to his foolishness, that word according points to mean, or you take his question or his argument seriously. That's what that means. So, but, but what's the difference in these? And it's really simplistic, but I'm going to give it to you. It's discernment. You understand there is a spiritual gift of discernment, discerning of spirits. Let me rephrase that. It's discerning of spirits. And so then you have 
the, 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 a general gift that is given to believers that is discernment, the gift of discernment that throughout the book of Proverbs speaks of insight. It speaks of understanding. It's, it's the, the, the sons of Issachar, the scripture says, why they were so successful is because they understood the times and the seasons. They had discernment. So discernment is the key as we look at this, and this is really what Daniel began to hoist huge into his life, and begin, you, you can see it throughout his life as he's having conversation with those around him, um, and I, I, I want to keep moving. So discernment is a gift that's needed for every believer. You, you grow in general discernment, in general, as the book of Proverbs speaks of, when you practice the spiritual disciplines, now, people say, well, I don't like discipline. I don't like discipline. Well, you're a rebel? Because I, literally, I read it this morning. It was in the book of Hebrews, and it talks about our fathers in the natural disciplined us for the short period of time that they have, but your father in heaven disciplines us so that we, uh, paraphrasing, but so that you would, uh, the trajectory of your lives are, 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 are put in the right direction, and you can produce the most fruit, as John 15 speaks about. So discipline's needed. It's a changing, it's, it's a pruning and a correcting so that it can set you on the right path. You need it. You have to have it. You don't kick against those things. Well, what is my voices of discipline? Spiritual authority. Parents that are spiritual authority that's put into your life. Well, pastor, I don't have them anymore. Where do you plug in? Is there someone that you can look up to and, com- and submit yourself to and say, hey, do you see anything that's not right in my life? Because I want to produce fruit in my life. Jesus said, I I want you to produce fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. You see the levels? There's three levels of that in John 15. And discernment is, is a general gift that as I move into my spiritual disciplines, because it's great at the beginning when I get saved, and it's, a, it, it, the, the, oh, it's just, oh man, I, I'm coming to church. I'm going to read my, I'm going to pray. I'm going to give. I'm going to fast. I'm going to do all these things. But then give it some time. And when the newness wears off of it, then all of a sudden the delight becomes a discipline. Oh, don't, I don't want disciplines. I don't want to get up and read. I don't want to get up and pray. And, and so you find yourself in those moments where you're, you're having to keep yourself plugged to it because you're a disciplined learner. That's a disciple, okay? Really simplistic and basic, all right? Just laying the foundation before I move forward. If I don't get it all, we'll roll it into part two next week. I'm not worried about it, all right? But we have to lay a foundation for this. But di- discernment is something that every disciple of Jesus Christ has to grow in, and you grow in that through di- spiritual disciplines, you read that scripture, you keep reading, you keep praying, you meditate, you worship, you lay on your face, humble yourself before God. Uh, don't make God humble you. He's, he, he, he's not asking to do that. He wants you to do that yourself. So we see that discernment is what we look at these two, and then you learn how to put a bridle on your tongue so you don't open your mouth and act like a fool and say something you shouldn't say, all right? So it's important. James speaks about the tongue, right? So discernment. He's saying answer. So that's through the tongue, right? All right. Let me take a step further. Uh, Proverbs, I'm going to give you just a couple of scriptures before I move into this. Proverbs 2.3 says, cry out for discernment. That means lift your voice and shout, God, give me discernment. I need it. Cry out for discernment. Cry out for insight and raise your voice for discernment or understanding. So Proverbs 15, 21 says, but a person of understanding, which speaks also to discernment, but a person of discernment is slow to wrath and walks straight, right? They're slow to not lose their cool and blow up on somebody. You with me? So it speaks of discernment. All right, now... You ready to go to Daniel? I'm kind of ready to go to Daniel. Daniel, Daniel 1, 
I'm going to break this up and read in, in a few different sections. Just so some of you may not know the story of what's happened. The children of Israel have been taken into captivity. They had a series of evil kings. And uh, so they're taken into captivity by Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, and he besieged it. So it says uh, in verse 3, then the king, this is Nebuchadnezzar, he told Ashpenaz, the chief, uh, the chief of his officials, to bring in some of the sons of Israel, including some of the royal family and the nobles, youths in whom there was no impairment, who were good-looking, suitable for instruction, and every kind of expertise, endowed with understanding and discerning knowledge, and who had the ability to serve in the king's court. And he ordered Ashpenaz to teach them the literature and the language of the Chaldeans. This king put him in culture, all right? This is not, he's not in the kingdom of God. He's in the, the kingdom of this world. He's besieged, and he's from the Chaldeans. Does anybody remember who the Chaldeans represents? Anybody? So a few weeks ago, I preached. I say it's been a while back. The Chaldeans in Old Testament always represent, or they are a type of, de- they represent demons in Old Testament, I can't go into that right now, but that's what they represent, all right? So he's teaching them doctrines of his homeland, Chaldeans, which speaks to to, to demonic uh, literature and things of that nature. He's looking to, because that's what the enemy wants to do. Right now, those of you that's working in jobs, you're you're seeing the culture that's looking to infiltrate. It's already infiltrated. The educational system, maybe it's your job, the workforce of where he's looking to indoctrinate. The enemy is looking to indoctrinate because it started with a little bit here and a little bit there, but it was accepted over time and it was tolerated. Then it was accepted and now it's praised. The systems of the world, are you with me? Can you see it? You see what's happening with everything now uh, um, that, that, that speaks to transgenderism, even with kids. You know, it, it's crazy. I, I'm, not, I'm not even going to dig into that well, but you, you know what I'm talking about. Everything from LGBTQ, ZLRM78, whatever, you know, all of those. So that, that's, that's become embraced and accepted and praised. But then you have those that, oh man, I, I'm not getting on that box, all right? I just think that we, the church, what is the church supposed to do? Let's look at Daniel. Look at Daniel, AJ. I'm telling myself that because I'm, I'm getting mad and I'm about to pull my sword out. So uh, it says that the king also allotted for a daily ration of the king's choice food and from, uh, from the wine which he drank and ordered that they be educated for three years at the end of which were to enter the king's personal service. So they're going to spend time and indoctrinate them and pull them into the king's service. They have no choice. The nation of Israel has been taken captive. They have no choice where they want to. Well, I'm not going to. It's crazy. I'm not. No, I'm not. Look around you right now. I'm serious. Look around you right now. Many of you, like I said, you're working in, in situations that are, that are very post-Christian, right? And it goes on to say in, in verse 7, it says, Then the commander of the officials assigned them new names. So the culture now looks to give them a new identity. Is it looking familiar? Right? There's a generation coming up that don't know who they are. They're, they're, they're so... Uh, obsessed with taking selfies because they're wanting to build themselves up to make themselves look like something more than what God created them to become. Like they're so, uh, so self-absorbed. You see that? I'm serious. 
Because they've lost their identity and, and who that's supposed to be. Uh, they don't know if they're male, female, things of that nature. I'm just saying it's a loss of identity. All right? And it goes, it goes on to say, Daniel, he signed the name Belteshazzar to Hananiah, Shadrach, Mishael, Meshach, and Azariah, Abednego. So you see there is this changing of the names. All right? Um, verse 8 says, but Daniel, and this is where I'm going to hang my hat for just a little bit. But Daniel did what? See the scripture? But Daniel made up his mind that he would not defile himself with the king's choice food. Now, did Daniel walk into the king's court and just put his foot down and say, I'm not going to do what you tell me I'm going to do? This is where we have to observe and look at the life of Daniel. This is how you confront the culture in an honoring way, the way God, uh, the, the way God intends it. Let's look at it. It says here, he would not defile himself with the king's choice food or with the wine which he drank. So he sought permission. He made up in his mind. He resolved. Where did he resolve himself? The only thing we knew, Daniel prayed three times a day. I believe he pulled himself away into the place of prayer, seeking the heart of God. And he began to get before God, the father. uh, And he began to just say, all right, God, I, I, I don't feel something is off about this. I, I don't feel that I can defile my body according to this. And, and, and I believe that there was a, something. I believe the Spirit of the Lord began to deal with Daniel. I believe there was a, that he, he resolved within himself. But it goes on to say that he sought permission from the commander of the officials that he might not defile himself. Check this out. He, in an honoring way, Resolves in himself. I believe it happens in a prayer closet. And then I believe he comes out to the commander and says, hey, if it's okay with you, because of the customs of which that I was raised and the God whom I serve, I would rather not defile myself. And it goes on to say in verse 9, now God granted Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the commander and the officials. Honor will take you a long way. Right now, people, that those of you that's in these, these jobs where you're living, it's secular, it's post-Christian, I believe that honor will take you a long way. Why? Well, but you don't understand. I'm looking at the life of Daniel. He's in the king's court. They can take his head anytime that they desire to. But there is this man that had a prayer closet. Because we read it three times a day. He goes on a diet after this fact, but we know that he prayed three times a day. He sought the face of the Lord, and God granted favor in this whole process. Now, I want to take you to verse 17. Verse 17, they grant him favor. He goes on this diet, obviously, saying, hey, you can, as long as you, as long as at the end of this, if you're looking rough, at the end of those 21 days, um, we're probably going to have, we're probably going to have our our heads taken, Daniel, because we're supposed to make you ready for the king's service. And they looked better, obviously, when you read through the scripture. But verse 17 says, And as for these four youth, God gave them uh, knowledge and intelligence in every kind of literature and expertise. Daniel even understood all kinds of visions and dreams. And verse 19 says, And the king talked with them, and out of them all, not one was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah. So they entered the king's personal service. As for every matter of expertise and understanding about which the king consulted them. He found them 10 times better than all the soothsayer priests, the conjurers who were in this realm. Now, I know that's a lot of reading, but I think it's important. As a believer in the culture today, because of our stance as a son, because of our stance as a daughter in the kingdom of God, again, 
you have to learn what is the missing ingredient for many of us when we walk into our jobs tomorrow. Are we missing a prayer and a seeking on a daily basis the fear of the Lord, choosing the fear of the Lord, and seeking for discernment? Because again, when I take you back to the book of Proverbs, it tells you, answer a fool according to this way, don't answer. What is the missing key ingredient? It's discernment. Daniel was one of those that you can see that he has discernment. First, he goes into his closet and he begins to seek, I believe with all of my heart, the face of the Lord. God speaks to Daniel. I believe that, that he comes out. Then he honors and then from the place of honor, favor's given. It's just a pattern that we see there. All right, now, Understand, as you read to this story, as you're leavened within the culture of your job, I, I'm, I'm trying to put it in, in, in your eyes because I've had conversations with some of you. And, and, and I've, heard you, I've heard you talk about the things that are said, the acts that are taken, things that this one sleeps with that one, and, and this conversation's taking place, and everything's that's spoken. But it, it's how do I thrive in that environment, whenever you li- have you ever left your job, walked away and felt dirty and you didn't do anything? Anybody? It's because you've been rubbing shut. That, that's okay. They're heathens. All right. But, but the, the way that you cleanse yourself is you come into a place of prayer. That's the way you do it. You cleanse yourself through prayer, through worship, and through meditation. You have to keep those flowing into your life. The presence of God. Listen, it's only the spirit of the Lord that can cleanse you. You, you can't be cleansed in any other way. Don't get up and take that into the next day. I'm just telling you. I've experienced that uh, throughout my life, and especially uh, specific times being around, uh, not any of you, I promise you, but throughout, throughout my life I've experienced, and I never knew exactly what it was, but God has put you in that job. God has placed you in that area because he's desiring that somehow your light can be, uh, that, that your light can be put up on a, a lampstand because you're in the darkest place throughout the week. Many of you, you're in the, how many of you are working in dark situations? Anybody? Just a couple. I'm just scared, everybody's scared to say. Maybe you're not. Maybe everything is just glorious. I need to come visit. I'm working in a dark place. No, I've got an amazing staff. I really do. Miss Julie keeps me on point. Where are you at, Miss Julie? Say, I, I don't know. She, she keeps me on point. It's been really good. You're working in a dark place. Look at the life of Daniel. And you have to, you have to, you have to be aware. I mean, awareness is so key to those that you work with. You might work with, with Christians in name only, but they don't walk it. They may talk all about it, but they don't walk out the lifestyle of Christianity. They're, they're, it, it's only when, when stuff hits the fan, oh, Jesus, Jesus this and Jesus that, but there's no other Jesus called upon or talked about throughout the rest of the week. And so we're watched. They observe you. I have no doubt. And if you'll read, I, I really want to take this a step further with the life of Daniel. And if you look and see, there was to the point, because Daniel, it wasn't that he was desiring to be perfect. The scripture says, I love the new King James said that there was an excellent spirit put in him. And because of his disciplines, the things that he had resolved within himself, he was persuaded. He had been persuaded, not by just a bunch of customs. I believe there's encounters tied to this, even to the point to where Daniel's praying. He fasts for 21 days, and on that 20, 21st, or, or the, the 21st day, the angel of the Lord comes and says, I was sent on the first day, but I got caught up in warfare. So he was devoted there was devotion. There was commitment. How, how committed are we? I mean, if you want to see the, the area of your job shift and change or the culture of maybe it's whatever it is, 
How committed are we? I mean, like, how are we committed to, to righteousness and not our own, but God's seeking first kingdom and his righteousness and not, and not anything that we desire? Do we only pray when we need something? Are we only seeking the face of God whenever things are bad? Because then you're looking at a vending machine and God's obviously not that, right? So when do we communicate with God? How, what does your history with him look like? Is there an actual, have you resolved yourself? All right, so Satan is looking to sift the next generation. And I think, here's the problem. Let me say this. Your lifestyle is even confronting, or let me rephrase it. Your lifestyle is, is either confronting the culture or it's comforted by it. One of the two. I'm telling you, you're lulled to sleep in the lap of Delilah. You've compromised. At one point, you were burning. At one point, you were on fire. At one point, you had a desire to see those in your, in, in your family or in your workplace saved and set free, filled with the Holy Spirit, coming to church, walking the straight and narrow. But at some point, something began to shift and something began to change. Did you ever resolve in yourself that you were going to commit? Did you ever resolve in your spirit that I'm committed? I'm committed to you, God. Or was it just every so often? Because all it takes, the, the slow fade happens just a little bit at a time. It happens a little bit at a time. The culture that we're around, we're either comforted by it to the point to where it begins to change our identity, it begins to define our appetites. We allow things into our home that we would never allow into our homes. And to the point to where we become comfortable with it. Remember what I told the story about the wolf? Y'all remember that, some of y'all? If you weren't here, I'll kind of give you a brief synopsis. A wolf will come playfully on the backside of a property. And it will just, I mean, it'll look playful. Just so it can see and watch how that things observe him and react to him. It looks playful. But he's watching. He's studying. He's doing reconnaissance for the rest of the pack. And in a shepherd setting or in a sheep setting, they'll become comfortable with him there until he moves in and eventually takes one. But it just starts playful. You, you don't play with those things. I, I look at, uh, again, I'm pulling from the life of Daniel and I'm thinking about his lifestyle. Him and the, the, the three Hebrew boys, they could have simply just adapted to the culture that they're in and because they were already intelligent as it was off of their natural what they were given already but the scripture says that God began to promote them because they made a stand and I don't have to tell the rest of the story about the three right they're thrown into the fire they said even if God doesn't deliver us right they had resolve within their self I believe in this season, can I give you a prophetic word for some of you? I believe right now in this season, God's looking for people that will resolve within themselves that wherever they've been planted, they're fixing to, they're going to be used by God. They're going to be an example of righteousness. They're not going to bend their knee to the culture. They're not going to compromise. I believe that the Lord is looking. And if you're willing to take a stand, I'm not talking about uh, to the point to where you're mean and you're abrasive, but you're listening to what the Father's speaking. That you live, as Bill Johnson says, you live in response to the Father and not reaction to the enemy because that's discernment. 
I believe that God's going to begin to promote the children of God in a way that we've never seen. I'm telling you, I've been saying this, and I believe this. I believe that, that God has been wanting to bless the people of God to such an extent that the, that the world would look. And it's happening to some. But he's, the world is looking. Like, they're looking for something. They're looking for, I mean, again, we've said it before. Look at what's being pumped out of Hollywood right now. What movies are being pumped out? There's so much, there's such, like, I can't, we can't even watch. I like watching Mountain Man, okay? I mean, it's probably one of the most clean things that you can watch and right now on TV. And uh, it's like, even on a commercial on Prime Video, there's popping something up about the supernatural. It's like you can't get away from it because they're infatuated with it. They, they, they want it, but we have it. We have it. We have a power that can bring... Let me just... I think it's crazy to think that God doesn't exist. When you look at certain ones, there's testimonies in this story of miracles, not just of healings in the body. I'm talking about where you were going this direction. God touches you. I'm an example of that. There's no way. There's no way that my life was going this direction that all of a sudden you get touched by the power of God and you make a complete 180 and go back this way. I just, I, it's hard to denounce, say that God doesn't exist. Verse 17, for those that are willing to resolve within themselves and commit, God, I have no plan B, you're it. Verse 17 says that as for these four youths, God gave them knowledge and intelligence and every kind of literature and expertise. Daniel understood all kinds of vision and dreams. Wisdom that comes from God empowers us to bring solutions to the surrounding world. Daniel had answers for what the king needed to the point to where when you read the story that the king is, is, is convinced with the life of Daniel because God had filled him with wisdom. I don't know... Um, I don't. One of the one of the best books that I that I've read, uh, and you, if you get a chance to read it, I would encourage you to read it. It's a book by Pastor Bill Johnson. That's called, uh, it's uh, Power That Changes the World, the Supernatural Power That Changes the World, and it's referring to wisdom, and what the book is specifically speaking to. And it actually mentions the life of Daniel, but one aspect is that is that we as the people of God ought to be asking daily for wisdom because God's looking for those that would would live a yielded lifestyle. Unto the Father, let, let him touch them with his spirit, put wisdom inside of them, and bring solutions to the world around us right now. Your job, the people in your, in the, your calling, your mission field, the Lord right now, you can already think of two people right now, unless you're, you only work with one other person, so I guess it'd be one, but maybe yourself as well. Um, you can think of two people right now that need to have an encounter. When I look at Daniel, because God, God had a, an ulterior motive, obviously, with Daniel. Uh, because of his commitment to him, he was filled with wisdom. But he also came because he was looking to minister to Nebuchadnezzar. And he did. You look and read the story. He ministered to him. There's two people right now, some of you in this room, in your job right now, that are godless. And they might be right now in the throes of some really bad stuff. I don't want to say things. I have some thoughts, but in the throes of some really bad stuff right now. And the ones that you're willing to love are the ones that God's going to give you an opportunity to minister to. If you're unwilling to love them, you can't minister to them. Well, you just ought to see what they do. Do you think that Daniel had a choice in his situation? Think about that. 
He's serving a pagan king. They're trying to indoctrinate him with the Chaldean lifestyle. He's in this godless culture. Right now, you're in a godless culture. We're in the belt buckle of the Bible belt. Let me say it that way. And we look around us right now, and we can think of those that, man, they need an encounter. Well, they just need God. Well, you know what? To quote somebody that powerful, uh, something that I'd read a while back, you owe the world an encounter. It's not that we come and receive and receive and receive to the point to where we can't. You take what you've been receiving and you go to them. You're being watched. You're being observed. God's got you. He's placed his hand upon you. I, don't, I feel like I'm speaking to one person tonight. If one person gets this, then bless God. God's got you. He's placed his hand on you. He's covered you. You're, you're in the thick of it right now, and it's rough, and it's hard, but I'm just going to encourage you, don't quit. You're a Daniel and a godless system that you're working for right now. Stop cursing the place where you are. I'm not saying you're cussing. I'm saying you're cursing it. Every day you come home, I hate this. I hate this. I'm telling you, change your verbiage and start asking, God, what do I need to do? What do I need to do to shift this thing? I'm not their savior, but I can be a beacon. I can be a lamp, put on a lampstand and begin to shine. And I can become an encounter to these that are around me. I owe them an encounter. Stand to your feet for just a moment. I don't know, I just really want to pray uh, for those of you that are, that are walking in this place. Um, because of your sonship, and ladies don't take that wrong because we're, we're the bride of Christ as well. So because of our sonship in the kingdom, I'm going to say it again. It puts you at odds with the world system. It's really simplistic and you understand that. But, and I, I really can't tap into the fullness of what Daniel, I mean, I read some of the scriptures and that I encourage you to pray for discernment. But I, I'm praying that this one, two people, three people, hopefully it's for the whole, but for those of you that are in this position, that you would be encouraged to know tonight that there's eyes on you. They're observing. Don't think the, the worst one is the one that's observing every step that you take. And I believe that you're tempted. Man, I, I, I feel like I'm releasing a word, but uh, I, it is. I guess it's a prophetic word, but there's things that's said, there's things that's done to you just to see if they can get you to break. But your strength's not within yourself. Remember that. Let me pray with you. Father, pray over this house tonight. I pray that God, as sons and as daughters in the kingdom, we are, we are by, I mean, it's just by um, coming out of darkness into marvelous light, we're confronting culture. We are in this world, but we're not of it. Father, I pray that we would not be those that are comforted by the culture. Maybe we're in a place, some of us are in a place where we begin to compromise. Just a little bit here and there. 
And it's not time for that. So, Father, I pray for conviction upon the hearts of the people, which always draws us into your heart. And I pray, God, that tonight, that as they leave this place, they would be endued with power to release kingdom tomorrow, for tomorrow. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray you are able to take something from this sermon and apply it to your life. Also, feel free to share this with your friends and family. And if you'd like to contact us, you can email us at loveandtruthchurchsavannah at gmail.com. We hope you have a great week.